the point is that the true winners, the true champions, they will win even when the conditions are not perfect, even when the odds are against them, even when the things that are supposed to help you are not helping you. You are a true winner and a true champion when you have everything going against you and you still come out on top. That's a true champion. Welcome back to the What's Up and What's Next podcast, the greatest podcast of all times. Thank you so, so much. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for giving me access to your schedule, because that is essentially what you're doing. Every time you listen to my podcast, you give me access to your busy schedule. And I feel very privileged to be a part of the time and energy that you give to the podcast and to me. I appreciate you so, so much. Hit the follow button, hit the subscribe, leave us a review. It takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the podcast. And quite honestly, it really helps the podcast as well. So being genuinely honest, not only does it mean the world to the podcast, it means the world to me. Thank you. Now, before we jump onto today's episode, I want to give you an update on what I've been up to because that feels like the tradition. Recently, I've been trying to make sure that I start the episodes with a quick update on what I'm up to. And then I dive into the episode. So let's get right into it. So I've decided recently that I wanted to do the 75 hard challenge. For those of you who don't know, I'll explain the challenge in just a bit. But first, some of you might remember that in 2021, I did the Gymshark 66 challenge. Now that challenge was all about sticking consistently to three things that you pledge for and the whole concept of the challenge was that it takes 66 days to form a habit Gymshark believes it takes 66 days to change your life and before you begin the challenge you have to choose three things that you're going to do and it can be any three things that will make your life better and you have to choose them and then stick to them consistently for 66 days And when I did that challenge, I chose to do things that were going to help me from a fitness standpoint. And I actually chose to document it. So some of you may know that I actually have a whole documentary out on YouTube of that fitness journey that I had. And the documentary, like, was one of the hardest things I had to do because I didn't like being on camera. I was never a fan of the cameras. So for me, it was a big deal to not only do the challenge, but then to voluntarily choose to document it because there was no requirement on the challenge to document it. But I thought at the time, what a cool idea would it be for me to document the journey? and film every day. And that's what I did. And then ended up releasing a documentary of the journey of the challenge of the Gymshark 66 challenge that I did. And it was 
something creative and something sick that I did that I really enjoyed. However, it added a whole new level of complexity. Not only was it hard enough as it is to do the challenge, but to actually film and record every single day for 66 days has to have been one of the most taxing, draining things that I've ever had to do. Because, again, emphasizing my fear or dislike or discomfort of being in front of a camera, plus the complexity of the challenge itself, it just made for a very draining experience. But I learned a lot from it and I gained a lot from it too. Now fast forward to 2023 and I'm now considering, not actually, not even considering, I've already started, the 75 hard challenge. Now let me explain to you what that challenge is in case you're not familiar with. This is a challenge that was created where you have a set of guidelines and then you have a very clear rule. The guidelines are as follows. Choose a diet of your choice and stick consistently to it. No cheat meals, no alcohol, and you've got to stick to it, right? So you choose a diet of your choice, no cheat meals, no alcohol, and you stick to it for 75 days. The second thing is drinking one gallon of water, which is approximately four liters of water a day, every single day. The third thing is take a progress picture every single day. The fourth thing is work out twice a day, 45 minutes minimum each workout, and one of those workouts must be outdoors. This is probably the most challenging part of the challenge. And then the fifth and final guideline of the challenge is to read 10 pages of a self-help book every single day. So all of these things that I just said, I have to do them every single day without a miss. Every single day without a miss, I have to do them. Now, those are the five guidelines, but there is one rule that must be followed, which is if I skip a day, I have to restart the challenge, which is probably, again, one of those really annoying things because it kind of forces you to be consistent, which is good, but it's annoying because you cannot miss a day. And that's the pure and the truest form of consistency. So for 75 days in a row, I have to drink four liters of water every day. I have to stick to my diet every single day. I have to do two workouts a day 45 minutes minimum for each workout, and one of them must be outdoors. I have to take a progress picture every single day, which is probably the easiest part of the challenge. And I have to read 10 pages of a self-help book every single day. And if I skip a day, I have to start over the challenge until I've completed 75 days in a row. Now, I have no intentions of skipping a day because, let's be honest, 75 days is a pretty long time and I am not trying to restart the counter anytime soon and anytime at all, actually. So I'm going to make sure I'm very on point because I don't want to restart the challenge and the counter. 
So I'm on day 11. Well, day 11 is in the day that I'm recording the episode. The, way, the day that I'm publishing the episode might be like a few days later. But it's day 11 right now as it is whilst I'm recording this episode. And yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty hard. I guess they call it 75 hard for a reason. But I'm really enjoying it. I'm enjoying having something that is pushing me to do more and to be more and I cannot wait for the physical fitness the mental fitness the emotional fitness that I'm going to gain from this challenge at the end of it I remember so vividly how I felt after 66 days of hard work I remember how I felt after 66 days of hard work and it felt amazing mentally physically emotionally so I cannot wait for that But whilst I'm in the process and in the journey of getting there, I'm enjoying every day as it is. And I feel better already by doing all these things that I'm doing as part of the challenge. And I just wanted to share that with you because I feel like sometimes we need some sort of reset. And I feel like this is what I'm doing in a way. I'm resetting myself to get myself back on track and the things that I'm doing as part of this challenge are very health driven across all aspects which is something that I am very firmly passionate about and that I feel very strongly about so this challenge is perfect for me regardless of the complexity and this challenge is actually harder than the 66 days challenge from Gymshark because one I don't get to pick the things that I'm doing Two, it's actually longer. And three, there's a lot more things that I need to do. So it's a lot harder and a lot more complex, which I think makes it more enticing for me because it's like, ooh, something that I get to go and pursue. And I think I might have said this before, and if I haven't, then I'll say it here. I enjoy the pursuit. I enjoy the pursuit more than the outcome. I enjoy the journey more than the destination. I enjoy the process more than the end result. I just enjoy it more. I find happiness in the pursuit of the thing, whatever it is that the thing is. Now, on to today's episode. I want to go through Alex Hormoz's Twitter. I saw this episode recently between Chris Williamson's and Alex Hormozy, where they kind of went over some of his tweets and just share thoughts that they had around them. And I thought that was a fantastic idea. So I thought, let me go onto Alex's Twitter and pick a few tweets out in which I'd like to share some of my views on it. The reason why I'm doing it is because, one, I've been paying attention to Alex's content for a little while now, and I really enjoy his takes. He normally gives a lot of hot takes or unpopular opinions, which make a lot of sense. And so I'd like to go through some of them and share some of my views on it. So let's go. The first tweet I'm picking is the one that he's actually got pinned on his Twitter at the moment. And it reads as follows. When I was 20, I wanted to be a millionaire. Now that I'm a millionaire, I want to be 20. I overheard the version of this. Makes me realize that when I'm 40, 
I'd rather be Toadie 2, which is my age, with nothing, just to be Toadie 2 again. A different frame on gratitude, I thought I'd share. What I find interesting about this tweet, and it's something that we don't speak a lot about, and this is my personal belief, I think majority of us, including myself, spend more time either in the future or in the past. Rarely ever do we actually spend time in the present. Which sounds silly, but stick with me on this one. You're either worrying about the future or dwelling about the past. You're either worrying about what you need to do or you're worrying about what you should have done. Does that make sense? I feel like we spend a lot of time not being present. And as a result, and kind of circling back to this tweet, the idea is that when you finally achieve the destination, when you finally get the end result, when you finally accomplish the outcome, there's a part of you that's going to wish that you were just at this age with none of that, just to be that age with none of that. Because some of the most important things in life are your health, your connections, i.e. family and friends. Things that are not materialistic and that are super tangible. And I love this frame on gratitude because most of us can probably relate. And that's what's so beautiful about it. What makes entrepreneurship hard isn't the work. It's not knowing whether it'll work. We're afraid of wasted work, but if it makes you better, no work is wasted. I love this. I absolutely love this. And I really agree with this tweet of his. Because there's never a time where it's wasted work. Because when you work hard, you learn and you gain something from it. So it's impossible for it to be wasted if you gain something from it, which you almost do. When you work hard at something, you always learn, you always gain. So it's either win or learn, which means in the end, it's always a win-win situation. And that kind of mentality is what should help you keep going, whether you got the results or not. Because when you live by outcomes, you die by them too. If that makes sense. If you just overly focused on the outcomes, you fail to appreciate the journey. You fail to appreciate what you've gained out of the journey. The skills, the exposure, the knowledge, the insight, the tools. All those things, you have gained those and you gain those on that journey, on the hard work that you've put in, there is some sort of output that is internal. We tend to look at our output as external, but there is an element of output that is internal. It's not just about what I've achieved externally, it's about what I've accomplished internally. If you want to see who has the most control over your life, just look at who you blame. That is so, so true. The best way to make your life miserable is literally to blame others. Because 
When you blame someone, you are doing two things. One, you're giving up complete accountability. Self-accountability goes out of the window. And second, you're giving away power. If you blame the government for your circumstances and for your life that maybe isn't the life that you want to live, you are giving them the power. That means that they have the power over your life, even though they don't. If you blame your parents for how you were raised, you are giving them the power, meaning that you believe you can't change now because they raised you the way they did. And I could go on and on with so many examples, but my point is, if you want to see who has the most control of your life, just look at who you blame. And the way that he articulated this is really powerful because if you give your power away, then you're going to be powerless. And that's not what you want. Confidence without evidence is delusion. This is very interesting. As you may or may not know, confidence and competence are very closely linked. And so confidence without the competence, right? In this case, he used the word evidence, but without the competence or the evidence of your competence, it's just delusion. And the reverse is also an interesting scenario, right? If you have the competence, but you don't have the confidence, then that's self-doubt. So competence without confidence leads to self-doubt. Confidence without competence leads to self-delusion. It's a very interesting statement. And it also shows you a lot about confidence. Confidence has to come with a stack of proof, with a evidence case, with something tangible that gives you that feeling. Treat confidence as a skill rather than treating it as an emotion. And if you do so, you'll feel more confident when you attain the skill required to bring you the confidence. Does that make sense? Anybody can win in perfect conditions. Champions win even when the chips are stacked against them. That's what makes them champions rather than everybody else. This is intriguing to me. And the reason why it's intriguing is because no one thinks of the hard work that champions have to put in irrespective of conditions. And no one really understands that it's easy to win when you have the perfect conditions, right? If we have everything we need, it's easy to win. The point is that the true winners, the true champions, they will win even when the conditions are not perfect, even when the odds are against them. Even when the things that are supposed to help you are not helping you. You are a true winner and a true champion when you have everything going against you and you still come out on top. That's a true champion. Because again, like Alex said in this suite, anyone can win in perfect conditions. 
but in the worst conditions, through champions can win. You can get good enough at almost anything in 20 hours of focused effort. The problem is most people spend a decade delaying the first hour. It's a powerful, powerful reminder that if you're not doing the bare minimum, which in this case is literally starting, then you are delaying your own greatness. You can get good enough at almost anything in 20 hours of focused effort. But because you keep delaying starting, you never even give yourself the chance of becoming good enough. And I think that's the big problem in today's society. It's the begin. It's the start. It's the just do it. Just go for it. Instead of I'll do it when this or I'll do it if that or I'll start on Monday. I'll start next month. I'll start next week. I'll start next year. It's interesting how you don't really truly understand that you could become good at something or good enough at almost anything in a space of 20 hours of focused effort, which is actually a short period of time, right? You don't understand that your greatness is literally behind a door called Just Start. I hope that serves as a reminder for you to just start whatever it is that you've been procrastinating. That's a good wrap up for the episode. Thank you so, so much. I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. Hit the follow button, hit the subscribe, leave us a review. It means the world to the podcast. It only takes a couple of seconds. Thank you. And if you've enjoyed today's podcast, please make sure to listen to the next one to find out what's up and what's next.